Let's talk about that speech with Claire and Rachel. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Let's Talk About Speech podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Claire. And we're back for another episode. Last week, we talked all about pediatric feeding therapy, and we had a very special guest, Hallie Balkin. And that was a definite learning opportunity for Claire and I. We touched base after the episode, and we're kind of just chatting about all the things that we felt like we learned or didn't know, and we really hope that that helped you guys out there, both as speech pathologists and as parents, because I know I learned both in both of my roles, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'm a ton more confident now when moms come to me and ask me questions about, especially the cups and the pacifiers, like that was such good advice. Yeah, um, and I had totally forgot that prior to that episode, um, when we were talking about with Hallie, the open cup drinking, I totally forgot a couple of weeks ago, I ordered um, actually one of the cups that she recommended. I think the company is called Easy Peasy mm-hmm. and it's an awesome open cup with that weighted bottom, like she said. So that came yesterday and I was super excited and um, kind of started that with him. Like she said, it's definitely a process. Henry like mm-hmm. soaked himself three times, <laughs> but we're working on it. <laughs> and she, she even said, you have to be okay with messes. Like you've yeah. just got to be patient with like most things I'm sure with being a mom, just being patient. For sure. <laughs> so today we are talking all about short films. We gave you guys some teasers on our Instagram and um, thank you for giving us some of your ideas as well. I feel like I'm sure SLPs, you know that a quick search on YouTube and you'll see that there are so many short films that pertain to speech and language even. So like if you just Google short films for speech therapy, all this stuff on Pinterest and all this stuff on YouTube just comes up and it's honestly really hard to sift through. And I remember as a CF, I was trying to sift through a bunch and just have been using similar or the same ones that I enjoy um, because there are, there's just so many options. So we want to give you some of our favorites on um, things that we've used and how we've used them just to make your search a little easier because it is kind of stressful. I feel like for both Rachel and I, a lot, majority of our personal favorites to use our wordless videos because it allows our students to use their own vocabulary and utterances. So think like the Pixar short films at the beginning of a Pixar movie where there's no talking and it doesn't necessarily have to be Pixar, but those are the kinds of videos that we're talking about, uh, majority of them just because it's so nice for them to give their own opinions and they're not cued by something that was said in the video. So it's great. And it's a terrific time to hear their authentic communication. Yeah. I love wordless videos for so many reasons. And I feel like you can, they're so diverse and you can use Mm -hmm. them for so many different um, goals or objectives or tie them into therapy in a lot of different ways. So 
like Claire said, we put together a list. Um, we're going to start off talking about wordless videos and then kind of go into just some other videos um, and talk about the goals that we use for those too, for therapy. So the first one that I wanted to talk about is called Piper. And this, I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. It's this adorable short film about a little baby bird on the beach and the bird is trying to figure out how to survive this really big wave. It's a super cute film. It actually won an Oscar, which is so cute. I didn't even know they did that for short films, which is awesome. Right. <laughs> um, but I use this a lot with my students that work on goals for social or pragmatic language or inferencing or problem solving. So I'll usually have them start out by just predicting kind of what's going to happen. Um, they can list out the problems that they see and then also kind of talk about how they would solve the problem or what should be done differently. Or also for those really creative students, I'll have them um, like build out of Play-Doh or Legos or Magna blocks or whatever, like a little shelter for the bird, which they think is super cute. cute. Um, I love that one. It's so cute. That's adorable. There's the one that I have next is very similar to the problem solving. So it's called the children's tree and it's really cute. It's about this girl that she's just walking and she sees a tree with a swing, but the swing is too short. So she has to figure out how to make it longer. And then when she does make it longer, it's too long. And so that how can she make this swing so that she can play on it? And I love prompting. I stop in between it and I prompt the question every time the problem arises of what do you think she should do next? Or how do you think she can solve this problem? And she solves it with some kind of non-realistic ways because there's like a mm -hmm. butterfly that helps her and things like that. But it's good because it gets your kid's mind just turning about what they could do or even what the problem is in the first place. So just stopping it at the point uh, when she's looking at the swing that's too um, tall for her and she's just staring at it, you can say, what's the problem? Why is she just staring at the swing? Just to even see if they can get that problem solving notion in there. Um, it's also really good for why questions. So you can just continue the, why can't the girl get on the swing? Why can't she get on it now? And the answer is different every time because something happens to the swing throughout the video, but it's super cute. And the illustrations are adorable. It's not um, like Pixar character. It's more so like, um, like a book, like book drawn character oh, yeah, yeah. for um, the pictures that are involved in it, but it's super cute. I love that. I oh, feel like fun. the other really cool thing about wordless videos or really any video or any activity is kids are so unpredictable mm -hmm. and you never really know what they're going to say or the reasons um, that they'll identify as the problem. Right. They might pick something totally different or even solutions like they might come up with the most like off the wall solution. Yes. You're like, I never thought of that. <laughs> I love it. It's so fun. So, um, the next one that I had on our list is called birds on a wire. And I think this is Pixar. If not, it's DreamWorks. It's like that, um, very animated looking, not like the cartoon drawing, but it's a super cute video with a bunch of different birds on a wire. And I use this again in my social language groups. It helps teach acceptance because there's different birds and different sizes of birds. Um, and you can also talk about like how you treat others and how we shouldn't change how we treat others based on how they look or we're big or we're smaller. You can kind of relate it to whatever you want. So that one is really good for social skills. That one came out a while ago. That's one of my favorite ones too. I remember that's one of the first ones I think I ever 
for used for my social Mm -hmm. groups. And it's super cute. And I think kids even sometimes recognize it because it is an older one. So they might've seen it at the beginning of their movies that they've watched or something. So it's fun to relate it um, to something they've seen before. I love that one. The next one I have is called Glued. Rachel, have you ever watched this I have before Glued? Okay, so I love this one too. This is probably one of my favorites for social groups, but you have to be careful um, because I have had kids get afraid at the end. So at the end, the mom goes like kind of crazy. She gets really bad and like starts not in a bad way, but just like in an animated way, throws out the kids video games. It's about him playing video games and not listening to her. And the mom gets really mad. And there's like all this really intense music and her face gets really red. And so I've had kids like get kind of scared of it. So just make sure you're using this with older kids. Um, definitely like fifth grade and up my fifth grade lunch groups is who I used it with. Mm -hmm. Um, just be warned that watch, watch it before you show it. Obviously that's a good learning point is definitely watch the whole movie before you show it. Um, (laughs) because it could get just a little scary, but it's really fun. It has so much body language. So the mom herself has all of these different, um, facial expressions and body language to show that she's unhappy with her son for, um, playing video games. And then she does some body language about like what she wants him to do instead of play video games. And I always stop it and say, so what do you think she wants him to do based on she opened the door and looked outside? What do you think she wants him to do? Um, so it's really good for like inferencing that body language and facial expressions and predicting kind of how another person is feeling. And yeah, I just love it. It's really cute, but definitely for older kids. That kind of reminds me of one that actually I don't have on our list. Um, I think it's a Disney one. And Mm -hmm. if I'm remembering correctly, I don't even know what it's called, but essentially it shows this like lost and found box outside on the playground Mm -hmm. and a bunch of things keep getting added to the box. And then the stuff in the box like creates its own little character, which sounds very confusing, but it'll be like the sweatshirt is the body and then a soccer ball for an eye and something else. The message behind it is really sweet. And again, you guys could use that for predicting or um, social stories Mm -hmm. about like remembering your stuff on the playground. But anyways, I had a student get like very afraid that because we have a lost and found box in our elementary school that like something could come alive. So I had to kind of explain that that was. Yeah. Well, and some of these videos are super realistic, even though they're cartoon, the graphics have gotten very intense over the years. So some of them are kind of scary. So just be be aware of that. Definitely when choosing. Um, The next one that I did have on our list is called Partly Cloudy, and it's a super cute, again, wordless video that um, kind of shows these clouds coming up with different scenarios and the the funny thing is when we were doing our research and pulling together the videos that we wanted to talk about, um, we're going to include all of the links for these on our website like we do after every episode. So I had to go onto YouTube and get the link to put in our doc so we were all prepared. And in the comment section of this partly cloudy video are all of these comments saying, who else is here for English class? Is anyone else here for English class? Is this an assignment for your English class? So I feel like it's a popular thing. Frequently used. Yeah. Yeah. In like high school or college, but it's great for creating a story or creating sentences and the storyline and sequencing events. 
and you can even work in um, WH questions off of that. Um, it's really cute, but yeah, I thought that was funny that clearly a lot of um, educators had the same idea. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, my next one is similar. It's the Pip short film. Pip is a dog and it's super cute. And I use it in a similar way for like creating stories. And um, I've used it more recently with one of my language preschoolers to incorporate some of her WH questions that we're working on. So just simple, like what's happening? What is she doing? Um, or what is he doing? The dog. And then I actually just yesterday did an evaluation and used it for a language sample that I took, which was really fun because, so I would just stop it along the way and they would talk about what was going on. So it was similar in telepractice to having a wordless book that you're going through for one of your language samples. But since I didn't have a way to show some of my wordless books, or I just didn't feel like it was as effective, I showed this. And I thought it was a really good way to take that language sample because there's just a lot that happens. Um, it's basically just about a dog that goes to dog training and he has to do all these obstacles and things. And he meets some, he's in like a dog school. So he's in an, he's at an actual desk and they're learning oh. dog tricks and things like that. And it's just really cute. And again, the graphics are awesome for it, but it's a good one. I think for little kids uh, because nothing scary happens and <laughs> it's just a fun way to relate like, Oh, what is the dog doing now? And most little kids like dogs. So yeah, that's a fun one. That's cute. And that's such a good idea to use that for a language sample, because I know um, without like a wordless book or a prompt mm -hmm. like that, you kind of get st like to cue them, you kind of get stuck in this habit of asking, like you're trying to ask open-ended questions, but they right. kind of turn into close-ended questions. Yes. So you're not getting that actual sample that you want. Exactly. Yeah, that can be challenging. So the next one that I have on our list, I love, it's called um, Paper Man. And it's this really sweet story about two strangers that um, see each other on the subway or some sort of public transit and they're going to work. And then it shows the guy go to work and the, um, the girl go to work. And then it kind of shows this guy's job. Um, he has like a desk office job and things are kind of mundane and there's a stack of papers and one of the windows is open and all of a sudden all of his papers go flying out of the window. And long story short, somehow the papers make themselves into paper airplanes and find the girl that he saw on the public transit. And then they bring um, the two together. So it's kind of like a love story. Um, but I love it because, um, like Claire had just mentioned, the body language mm -hmm. and the emotions and the facial expressions are awesome. And this is something you could definitely use for your um, ASD kiddos that struggle with pragmatic and social language and understanding emotions. Mm -hmm. Like your middle and high school students, I think, would be great for this. It might be a, a little mature for elementary school just for them to like really understand the meaning behind it, but mm -hmm. it's so sweet and it's like a cute little love story. I remember actually seeing it. I don't know what movie we we're going to see, but we saw it in theaters um, and we loved it. It's so cute. Oh, I love that. And I, I love using these videos with my ASD kids that have a hard time, like relating their feelings to other people because it puts them in kind of a role play situation without the pressure of it being an actual person. So I think it's just such good practice. Um, instead of just teaching the skill, like, or showing a picture of this is how someone looks when they feel frustrated. That's great. But then to actually see it in action is so different and so helpful. The next one that I 
I'm going to talk about is called Sweet Cocoon, and it's so cute. Have you seen this one? No, I was just going to say another great thing clearly about these is we're, we're every learning. single one that you've mentioned, I yeah. have heard of. Save. So, no, save. I'm going to go look at all these that you've said too. Yeah. I feel like I'm building like my little short film yeah. library. So I know. Awesome. I love it. So the Sweet Cocoon one is about this big caterpillar and he's too big to fit in his cocoon and all these bugs start turning up to help him get into his cocoon and they start trying like different things to try to squeeze him in it's got so many great opportunities for action words so like squeeze and push and um there's a spot where they like propel him into it or shoot him in that's probably a bad example, but you get what I mean. There's a bunch of really good action words and that's what I've used it for. Um, it's a little bit longer. I think it's like five or six minutes instead of like the standard three to four. So, um, what I've done is I've stopped it early, which is fine. Um, and just made sure that we're focusing on whatever task it is that I'm trying to get out of it. But actions are really good for it because they do all these different things to try to get them in this cocoon and then sequencing all of the things they try also is something that you could do with this one. Um, so first they try and push him in. Then they try and throw him in. Then they try and squeeze him in. So you could get a little double dip there with your actions and sequencing, but it's a fun video. It's super I cute. I love that you could also like compare and contrast the different bugs or yes. the different actions. Definitely. The character. Yeah. There's a lot of different characters, types of bugs in there. So that would be a really good idea. Yeah. It's so cute. I'm, I definitely have to look that one up. Yeah, um, the last one that we have on our list for wordless videos is called Lifted. And, um, it's about aliens and it kind of shows this like farmhouse, um, like in the middle of nowhere. And it shows also shows some aliens in a spaceship that are kind of like in training and they're practicing on like lifting this guy out of his bed while he's sleeping up into his spaceship, but a bunch of things go wrong. Um, it's a great video for predicting or, um, maybe even inferencing. I like it. Um, I, the kids like it a lot because they're aliens and they think it's funny. Um, but one thing that I wanted to stress is on all of these, there are so many carryover activities that you can tie in. And like Claire had said, we had put some teasers on our um, Instagram page and asked how you guys use short films or which ones you like. And Sunflower SLP actually commented and said that she loved them for story retell different story elements, carryover for articulation, different verb tenses, just like Claire had said with those actions and WH questions. But what I love is the story retell because regardless of what you're showing, that's always going to be a goal and always something that you can work on. And all of these other things that we're talking about, like inferencing and pragmatics and action words and WH questions, those are all added bonuses. And as we know, a lot of times our kids have um, mixed goals. Multiple so they might things. have articulation yeah. yeah, and language, or they might have receptive and expressive goals. And I feel like these are very versatile that you can use them to address mm-hmm. a lot of different things, which I love. Yeah, absolutely. Real quick. One thing that I didn't add, but it's funny because I, we were preparing for this show and on social media last night, I saw someone post about the Simon cat videos. Have you ever seen these, Rachel? I feel like I've heard Simon, of that. Sorry, Simon's cat. That. Simon's cat. Yeah. Simon's cat. It's um, a series of comic strip animated videos. And I actually have not watched them, but I'm going to. And I just wanted to put it out there because when I 
when I typed it into Google, all this stuff for speech immediately came up, like all these other speech therapists that are using these uh, for animated short films. And they just look really fun. They're super um, simple in a sense of they are like a series of comic strips. So they're black and white for the most part. Um, but there's a whole like season of them. So it, Simon's cat just kind of, there's like different stories and it's all Simon's cat and like his adventures, I think Aww. is my assumption of it. But that could be really cute to use maybe like at the end of every session or just, okay, we get to see what Simon's cat did today. Like that could be a really good reinforcer um, and to practice some of the language goals too. But I think I wanted to say that because that was one that I had never heard of that I just conveniently saw. Um, and they are super short. They're only like two minutes in length. So they're even shorter than some of the ones we were talking about. Oh, nice. And I know you said um, when you Googled it, a bunch of stuff came up. That mm -hmm. is one thing I wanted to mention was teachers pay teachers. If you just type in short films or like short films with speech mm -hmm. therapy, a million resources come up. Um, a lot of them, I will say, are inferencing or social goals. I did see some for um, expressive language and receptive and stuff, but there are a ton of resources out there and there are free ones too. So you guys should definitely check that out to pair with any of these videos that we're talking about. I saw almost all of them on there, which is awesome. So, nice. so we kind of just had like a short category that we put under others um, just for a couple more videos to talk about because they're so sweet. And the first one is called The Present. And it's a video, it got really big on Facebook. So you might have seen it. I hope you've seen it because it's so sweet. But it starts with this um, boy playing video games sitting on the couch and his mom comes home with a box and sets the box down on the coffee table. And you can't clearly he hear her but in the background, you can hear her asking if she's going to, if the son is going to open up his present and he's like really involved in his video games and doesn't really want to, but then realizes that the box moves a little bit and he eventually opens the box and pulls it out. And it's a puppy, a cute little like golden retriever puppy, but he sees that it only has three legs and he's um, like very put off by that and kind of like goes back to playing video games. But the puppy starts doing like going through antics and throwing a ball and rolling around and just cute things and finally gets his attention. And then at the end of the video, you see that he stands up and he has braces that he uses to walk. And the relationship, I know I'm like, Claire and I are both getting hurt. <laughs> I have not seen that one, Rachel. Oh I'm going to look it, it up as soon as we're done. I, it is so sweet. And like the empathy, I mean, oh. it's just, I feel like you can use it for so many things. Mm -hmm. um, it's really sweet. I highly suggest you all watch it right now. It's called The Present. Super and cute. acceptance, like you were saying earlier, yeah. to really like drill that home. Um, wow. That's, that's awesome. I'm going to watch it right after this too. Yeah. <laughs> um, another video like series that I've implemented in a lot of my social groups have been the everyday speech, social skills videos. And I think we've even mentioned this before, um, on one of our shows, I can't remember, but, um, I used these a ton when I worked in the school because I had a lot of groups. Um, and because I saw kids like junior high and high school age, and it's really good for those older kids because it's like real life situations. So like asking a girl on a date or, um, you know, my friend 
my friend's parents just got divorced. What do I say to them? So it's like real situations um, that they could encounter, especially at the high school level, like older, mature situations. And they come with a worksheet, like a a pre-made worksheet of questions and things that you can ask. And um, there are a couple free ones. I think there's like five-ish on YouTube that are free, but then you do have to pay for those subscription, but I don't think it's very much. I want to say it's like six bucks a month or something really cheap like that. So if you do have a lot of older social groups, it's worth it. And it was so worth it to me when I had a lot of those, but, um, I really, really suggest at least looking up the free ones on YouTube because it is super interesting. Um, I will say they are, some of them are kind of cheesy, obviously, because it's these kids that are acting. Mm -hmm. However, it's good experience for your ASD kids that, you know, need that kind of instruction. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that my kids that I used it with definitely benefited from it. That sounds really good for older students. Yes. I feel like mm-hmm. majority of what we're talking about, not all, but majority is kind of geared towards that elementary school Elementary, age. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if you show like a middle school or high school or video about aliens, I don't know that they're really going to They might not respond, right? They might, but... Yeah. <laughs> Um, The last one that I wanted to talk about is called Loop, and this also had a big social media following when it came out, and it's about this 13-year-old girl who's nonverbal, and um, you see her with a phone in her hand, and it's some sort of sound app that when you tap it, it makes this like sound or song, short song, but she's outside at like a lake or something and is getting paired up. I don't know if they're like at camp or what, but getting paired up with someone else to go out in the canoe. And, um, I actually looked up the description on Wikipedia and the makers made this, um, to portray a nonverbal student with autism and, um, to kind of show the like sensory, um, overload that they may go through. And anyway, she's like incredibly dependent on the sound app that's on her phone and keeps tapping it. And the boy that she's paired up with at first is really irritated and doesn't really understand like why she's dependent on it. But then towards the end of the film, like comes around and is very um, inviting and willing to help her with whatever she needs. It's really sweet. Um, That's another great one for emotions or even perspective taking. and that acceptance, like Claire just said, um, as, lo- as well as social skills. So definitely look up the present and loop. Love that. Really, really that, The loop one, that sounds like a re- it could be really good to show classes too that maybe have yeah. a student with autism or a student that uses a device mm-hmm. or even just a student that's different and doesn't learn the same way as their peers just to give. I think it's so important to provide the classes, the general ed classes, the information about kids with disabilities. And mm-hmm. now is really hard because everyone's separated and nobody's yeah. in class full time, but it's still important to teach kids those skills early on because they need to be accepting of that. And that sounds like yeah. it would be a really good one. It is. It's really sweet. Yeah. The last a little um, push we want to put for some videos, short films to use in your sessions could be short clips from their favorite movies. So if you look on YouTube, there's a bunch of just little short clips um, of like Disney movies and things like that. Um, Frozen actually makes some separate short films. Like Mm -hmm. the one that I will link for you isn't in the actual movie. It's just this cute little 
short clip about Olaf and Sven and they're trying to get to Olaf loses his carrot nose and they're trying to get to it. And they're, it's in like a race to get to it. And they slide on the ice and they have a hard time getting on, getting it because it's on the ice and they're going everywhere. And it's just really cute. And I used it um, a while ago to, for why questions. So um, you could use it for simple WH questions too, but like, why is he running after the carrot? Why is Sven running after the carrot? Do you think? So like Olaf, it's his nose mm-hmm. but for Sven. He just wants to eat it. So mm-hmm. kind of some of those problem solving skills too. Um, but it's been really great for some of my little girls who love frozen because they're like, Oh, it's frozen. So mm-hmm. it's very highly motivating. Um, you could also do any of the Disney short films with just retelling what happened in the story, especially if it's characters that they're used to and they know some of the background that could kind of test that a little bit too. Um, another thing that I use these short clips for is for my stuttering kids. And that's something we haven't really touched on yet, but for a lot of even these, um, the ones that we've talked about, the wordless ones are really good for your fluency kids because they can use their strategies while they're retelling or while they are talking about what's happening. So just some simple narratives that you can get out of this, um, just something different instead of making a summary out of something they read or describing a picture scene or some of the things that you do frequently, I'm sure for the fluency kids, just something different. So um, it's something that I sometimes even forget that I should be using with my stuttering kids, but it's definitely just as effective as with Arctic and language. And And, yeah. And just like we talked about a couple episodes ago when we had Hallie Sherman on the podcast from Speech Time Fun in that episode all about engaging older students in speech therapy, um, like Claire said, you can find short clips of pretty much anything. So it doesn't have to necessarily be a Pixar film or a film with hidden social messages or meanings, or you can tie in inferencing. If they like basketball and their favorite team, there's no reason why you can't find a short interview about that and then follow up with questions about that. Or if they like gardening, there's millions of it. Like YouTube is an amazing resource. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about next is why should you use short films? And the first thing is number one, they're short. And I feel like speech therapy sessions can be, you know, we're always limited on time and trying to fit a million things into one session. And these are short little films that you can show and knock out with questions and kind of move on to the next thing. Or you can watch a longer one and that can kind of take up the bulk of your session and that's okay too. But the other awesome part is they are free with the exception of, like Claire mentioned, the subscription service. Um, for the videos when people are acting out, but that's kind of more geared towards something very specific in these short films um, that we were talking about, like the Pixar and um, the Disney ones and stuff like that. They're free. They're easy to use. And kids usually find that really fun instead of sitting there with another worksheet or another board game or more Play-Doh and all of those things are fun. And it's not to say that they don't enjoy that, but this kind of changes it up too. And the other thing is they're really engaging and they kind of portray those natural and realistic scenarios. Um, And that's where you can find your students kind of relating to what's happening. Like we mentioned before, there's tons of extension activities that you guys can tie in, whether that's you watching the video and coming up with them on your own or finding them on Teachers Pay Teachers, like we said. Um, But almost every single video you can use for inferencing or predicting. Um, I 
Claire mentioned this too, that she uses them a lot with her social groups, which I do too, just because um, I feel like the emotion and body language and facial expressions that are typically conveyed in them are great. Um, so yeah, they're versatile and we love them and we encourage you guys to use them because um, they have such a wide variety of goals and objectives you can use them for. Yeah, absolutely. And for ages too. So I know that we talked about kind of middle, like a little bit older elementary, but you really can use these for your little kids too. They would love to watch a YouTube video. Are you kidding? Mm -hmm. Just make the questions a little bit more simple. Or if you're doing our tick, watch it beforehand and pull out some things that start with the K sound or whatever it is. Um, and then for the older kids, maybe find some real, some videos with real people in it instead of just the cartoons. Um, some it again, whatever you are looking for, if you search for it, you will mm -hmm. find it. I promise you. Um, the last thing that we wanted to touch on real quick was just how to take data collection during short films. Um, I feel like that was my biggest, well, my biggest issue total when I was starting off was collecting data as a whole. But, um, I think especially collecting it during social groups is hard and during gr any groups is hard because you might have four to five kids in your group. Um, so it's really just important to plan ahead with these things. Watch the video beforehand. I can't tell you how many times I've heard horror stories or read about horror stories of people not watching the video and like something inappropriate happened, or maybe there was a commercial in the middle that was inappropriate, um, or something. So just make sure you plan ahead, um, watch the video beforehand and so that you know when to stop it. You'll probably want to pause the film several times just to get a little update on what, if, if they're following it mm -hmm. and maybe asking some questions, you might not want to ask them all again, unless you are looking for a retail. But if you're doing like WH questions or actions, um, or inferencing, even you really might want to pause it as it goes. Um, and then for groups for actually taking the data, I would just say, take brief notes on things they say. My biggest thing is the therapy that you're providing with these is more important than the data. And I know that we have to take data collection. However, I think that the authentic language you're going to get from these videos is so much more important than you taking data. And I think that sometimes we get caught up in that as a whole. So I want to make sure that that's really pushed home so that you can really provide the best services with these without having to be so stressed about taking it. Um, so just make sure you take something every little bit, it counts. So if they are able to identify facial expressions two out of three times or something, just take something. And then um, I always write my observations and like what we did and how much they were involved, especially if it's a social group, um, things like that. But again, you don't want it to take away from the funness or the opportunity to build rapport because that's a really good opportunity for that as well. For sure. Well, that's all we have for you guys, but we would love to hear from you, um, whether you email us or comment on something that we posted about short films or DM us. We want to hear what films you guys have, because as you just heard, almost every single one that Claire mentioned, I haven't heard of, and Claire said she hadn't heard of mine too. So um, it's just new ideas. I'm so excited. Yeah, there's a million out there and we would love to hear from you guys. So that wraps up this episode. Thank you guys again so much for joining us. And as always, you can find me, Rachel, on Instagram at Super Sweet Speech. And if you or anyone you know is in need of speech therapy in Southeast Michigan, 
feel free to email me at speechissupersweet at gmail.com. You can also follow the Let's Talk About Speech podcast both on Facebook and Instagram. So make sure you give those a like and a follow. Don't forget to check out our website, letstalkaboutspeech.com, where all of the videos we just talked about will be linked. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe to us. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at kindly underscore speech or my Facebook page, Kindly Speech LLC. And if anyone in the Virginia or Ohio area is in need of speech teletherapy, please let me know, kindlyspeechllc at gmail.com. And then Rachel and I also have the email for the podcast, the Let's Talk About Speech podcast at gmail.com. Sorry, guys. Um, and then email us with any questions or suggest- suggestions that you guys have. As always, we really appreciate you guys listening and we hope you enjoyed this one. Thank you. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.